Oh, how I love and treasure the revelation of your word. Throughout the day, I fill my heart with its light. By considering your commands, I have an edge over my enemies, for I take seriously everything you say. You have given me more understanding than those who teach me, for I've absorbed your eye-opening revelation. You have graced me with more insight than the sages. No one can speak to you like the Holy Spirit can speak to you. It's just so important that you learn to hear his voice above every other voice. Because I don't care how good counsel is, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss it sometimes. But Holy Spirit, if you'll develop that relationship with him, and especially learn to take everything to him, because you take the little things to him, you'll know his voice well enough that when the big stuff shows up, and it's like, okay, God, where's the edge of this cliff? Because I need to take another step. You'll know what his voice sounds like. And your authority will start growing. I've been amazed. Like, I've had a bunch of spiritual sons and daughters, but I had never had a spiritual father. Well, I've had one for the last uh, year and a half. And I'm amazed how much difference it has made in my life. There's just nothing like having a father. And I had a biological father who dearly loved me. He's gone to be with the Lord. He was a great man of God. He did a bunch of awesome things. But God gave me a spiritual father that uh, is not perfect, but he's older than me and wiser than me. And it's just so powerful to have him to look to. But even having him as good as he is, there's nobody like Daddy God. There's nobody. So I want to read one more verse. It's learning to treasure the revelation of the word. And then also, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. So let's read this together out loud. Be happy in your faith and rejoice and be glad-hearted continually, always. Be unceasing in prayer, praying perseveringly. Thank God in everything. No matter the circumstances may be, be thankful and give thanks. For this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus. Now, before we get away from that, the circumstances are not necessarily the will of God. But you giving thanks is the will of God. Because what I've learned in my life, I don't care how bad it gets, and I'll get really down, I'll be depressed. You know, I'm just like, Jesus, if you want to take me early, I'm good with it. You know? And then he's like, you need to shake yourself because you have so much to be thankful for. And I don't care how bad my life gets. I, I lived in my car for two weeks one time, and the Holy Spirit was like, you have a good car to live in. Be grateful. Your car's warm. You, it turns like every, I'd get in the backseat, I had my car all organized, everything went, you know, in all the certain places. And every morning I'd wake up, reach over the back seat, turn my car on to get back under the blankets until my car heated up. It was like the Taj Mahal. <laughs> I, I parked my car under the same street light in this really nice neighborhood. I mean, I don't know that I've ever lived in a neighborhood that nice since. <laughs> I don't care what's going down in your life. If you'll learn to look at it from the right perspective, it'll change. Because gratitude draws favor. Yeah. 
And as a father, I can tell you, like, I have many sons and daughters, and some of them, they are a joy and a delight, and the smallest thing, and they are so grateful, and they love it. And some of them are a pain in my rear, <laughs> straight up. Do I lead them? No. Sometimes they threaten to leave me. I'm like, all right. I'll see you when you feel better. God loves you, and he loves it when you're grateful. So be grateful. Um, I'm just going to kind of go through these. Um, my first point, and these are the practical ones, you've got to hear the revelation through the word, and you've got to pray perseveringly. There are times where I don't know how to pray, so I pray in my prayer language. If you want to know more about that, I can talk to you about that if you've never heard of it. Um, there are times, like, I, a lot of times I pray in the mornings when I'm getting ready, and I get amazing revelations right after I wake up. So I grab my phone and record it, because if I don't, it does not stay with me. But the first one is, you'll discover where you need breakthrough in community. Like, what Caleb was saying is so true. You know, I can think I'm the greatest guy in the world. I have so much wisdom, and then I get in community, and I'm like, Wow, I don't really like that. And my face, I've got one of these faces, like some of your faces lie so convincingly. And I wish I had one of yours, but my face is kind of like, if I think you're stupid, my face, I can be go saying everything and my face is going, you're stupid. <laughs> it's very embarrassing. <laughs> if you look at Jesus, Jesus picked 12 dudes. And if you study the Gospels, they were like idiots. <laughs> Seriously, it's like it, it makes you question his discernment. <laughs> there have been so many times, too, you know, some of my sons and daughters, they do certain things. And I would just comfort myself by reading the Gospels. <laughs> I mean, Jesus picked one who betrayed him completely. I've had that happen. It's heartbreaking. but you know yourself in community. And Jesus, literally, if you think about it, he developed a relationship that literally today is still changing the world centuries later. And it was because of community. So I don't care, like when people tell me they have all this revelation and they've got all these giftings and all that, but they can't ever quite make it to stay in community, you ain't got much. Because all you got is gifts. Because really, you can see people come in to a community and they, they have such a heart for people. And they're life-changing. And they don't know much about the Bible. The guy that led me to the Lord, literally, he was going to Bible study, Bible school, to be a pastor. And I grew up in the church. And I was hateful. He'd come home every day telling me all these awesome. You won't believe what they talked about today. And when I was done with him, the bubble was busted. But I could not make him stop loving me. I hated it. And I finally told him, dude, let's move out from each other. You're the only friend I have, and I'm totally screwing up our friendship. And he was so tired, he was like, all right, let's move out. But he was nice to me. And so I moved into a condemned house. I lived there three months, just electricity, dead of winter. You get lay down in a on a mattress and put the blankets around you, and after a while, you'll get a heat bubble. Just don't move. <laughs> and then I moved from that into my car for a couple weeks, and David came and found me. 
And he's like, you living in a, you living in your car? Um, you know what I said? This sweet man, he's been so good to me, showed me Jesus, couldn't talk about Jesus because didn't know anything, but he, Jesus was inside him. So I might bust his bubble all day long, and he just acted like Jesus. It was like nauseating. <laughs> and I go, yeah, I am living in my car. What's it to you? And he goes, I think you need to move in with me. And I was like, you are so dumb. <laughs> but you know what? He broke something inside me. He broke that wall that I had. So often, we are unwilling to give up all of our little defense mechanisms in order to have the breakthrough that God desires for us to have. And we're unwilling to pay the price to be somebody else's breakthrough. We want to cut and run. I don't like this. They don't treat me right. You don't treat me the way I want to be treated. We actually got an email from someone who came to our ministry, and unlike Caleb, called ahead. No one met them, so they came anyway. And then they described some of us, and I was one of the people, who walked by him and did not show him what he wanted. And so he stayed a little bit and left. And he wrote a scathing email. You know, so everybody doesn't have Caleb's experience. <laughs> Stay. Uh, two, embrace truth assertively. John 8, 31, 32, and I don't think I bolded it, so I don't think you have it. But it says, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your life. And I find that to be very irritatingly ongoing. Because I always used to read it like, you should know the truth, the truth should make you free. And I was like, okay, I prayed, you know, prayed to receive Jesus, now I feel better, now I'm free. And that's not how it works. Christians are some of the most in bondage people. I mean, they're unhappier than sinners a lot of times. Because I prayed this prayer once. I, walked, I even walked the aisle in front of everybody because a preacher said my life would get better. And it is not better. This is better. Why did I ever pray that prayer? No, it, you have to commit to truth. And it's an ongoing thing. And just about the time you think you're all that, the Holy Spirit's like, excuse me. <laughs> I know you ain't talking to me because I lead this young adult group. You. <laughs> about your breath. Brene Brown said, one of the greatest forms of bravery is being willing to risk coming out of the shadows or social media. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not even going to talk about social media. And let the real you be seen. Not only that, but learn how to love your imperfections, your quirks, and the things that make you unique. Unfortunately, most people choose to find a false sense of comfort by presenting a polished version of who we are. Not only does this lead to a sense of isolation, but ultimately it sabotages our ability to love ourselves. Be brave. Let the real you be seen.
You know, if you ever hug people, you cannot hug people without getting a sense of who they are. The little, you know, where you, the gym bump, that ain't nothing. That ain't a hug. <laughs> but when you really hug somebody, especially like people I've known for a long time, one of my sons is named Jared, and he's a bodybuilder. And he goes through different uh, gyrations, but I hugged him last week. We went to coffee, and I'm like, dude, you're hurting me. I said, you have got no fat on you. Why? Because I've been hugging him for 10 years. I know where the fat collects, and it was gone. <laughs> and he was big. That's what happens when you hug people. You can smell them. You know? You get a sense of, do they brush their teeth? I'm fortunate. I have no hair, but do they wash their hair? Most times we lose breakthrough because we'll get a revelation and we won't act on it. Holy Spirit will tell you something straight up. And I've been, I've been trying to listen so much better because I'm like the little kid, like, with my spiritual dad, literally, if he tells me anything, I just do it. I'm 61 and grown, and I just do it. He didn't feel good this week, and he had a presentation in Fresno. And I texted him, when are you going, and when would you like to come back? Because I'll change my schedule. I'll just take you. I don't want you driving down by yourself. He was in Africa, and he wasn't feeling good. And I was like, Jesus, you better make him better, because I'm not ready to be without that. And he was coming home, and I couldn't meet the plane. I was like, who is my kindest son? called him. He was delighted to go get him because he has the same heart I have. Be that way with God. I want to encourage you to tre uh, treasure the transition. Because transition sucks. <laughs> if you don't treasure it. You're on your way somewhere. So it's kind of like you know, uh, Zach Owens was doing a surprise uh, proposal in Costa Rica last year. And Zach is one of my spiritual sons, and he's one of the most, he's an adorable person. And um, he was coming to do the proposal, and I'm not kidding you, I have never seen so many bad things happen to anyone in my life trying to do something that's really exciting. And I, st I started sending him text. I sent him dad text. There's a difference between dad text and mom text. Mom text, you're like, aw, I'm so sorry that you're not feeling well. And dad text, you're like, you need to keep your head together because you want to be happy when you get here. It's that kind of stuff. And he kind of like, had a little bit of a hard time with a couple of my texts. And then he realized, this is what I'm trying to help you do. And he actually got there in great spirits. And his engagement, his proposal was so fun for all of us who were there. Just a ball. But it was because he managed the transition well. He literally, it cost him more money 
He wasn't able to fly in. His flight got delayed until the next day. Uh, he had some problems here before he got out of town. It was crazy. Manage the transition and learn to have fun. Live vulnerably with God and with people. And the one, do you have the pictures for this? Vulnerability with a close friend will help you, will help put you in a place of power and authority. Because if you don't ever learn, that if, if there's no one who knows all of your secrets and the most heinous things that you've ever done, you are walking at a lower level of authority than you were born for. Because you will never know how loved you are until you can look someone in the face and tell them the worst thing you've ever done, and then they go on with you. One time I sat down across from Eric Knopf for lunch, and um, he said, how's your day? And I said, I want to have sex. That's all I said. I mean, I said it really loud. <laughs> and he burst out laughing, and he goes, well, it won't hurt our friendship. Might be hard to, <laughs> might be hard to explain to our ministry, but we'll work through it. And all of the oppression that was on me from that morning literally flew off me. I had, I, right after I started the story, I was like, am I really going to tell this story? It wasn't quite that pretty, but close. Guys, when you're dealing with stuff, when I say guys, I'm from Texas, that includes everybody. Ladies, gentlemen, you've got to learn to talk about your very worst stuff. Because if you'll talk about your worst stuff and you, you work with some of the people who, I mean, some of the people who give testimonies here, you're not going to shock us. What do you think you got that we haven't already heard? Seriously. Listen to your heart. Emotions are not problems to be solved. They're signs to be interpreted. And this is one of my greatest weaknesses until the last. I've been working super, super hard on this for nine months. Because I grew up where you just do your job. You don't feel good? I'm sorry, you don't feel good. Go to work. I had a pastor when I was in my 20s, and he was like, don't call in, crawl in. And I just grew up, I have that work ethic. But when you don't learn to listen to your feelings, if you don't give your feelings significance, they will demand that you meet their needs in other ways. You'll have sex, you'll do porn, you'll overeat, you'll gossip, you will read books, you'll hide out in fantasy, you know, you'll shop. I love to shop. You'll think all the time. That was one of, analysis was one of my biggest escapes. I can fix this problem, let me just think about it. Meanwhile, my heart's going really, really crazy. You don't ever listen to me. You don't even know. 
you're clueless. I'm learning to say, wow, I I feel tears when you say that. Because I have the kind of face that never gives away information like that. Like my face will say, you're stupid. But if I'm hurting, my face won't say that. In fact, you, you won't have a clue. And so for many years, it wasn't a problem to me. People would go, I don't know how you get everything done that you do. Oh, I just go have a sex fix. Oh, but I didn't say that. That's what I thought, though. And I had to learn to listen to my heart. Your heart's so important, and it's so precious. Identify where your pain comes from. You hear a lot of us talk about Christ's life. That's because a bunch of us have been through it. It helps you identify. Where did your pain start? You go back and you look it up. How was your family put together? And for a lot of us, I was talking to one of my friends, a young lady before the service tonight, and she was saying she's discovering that her father was always absent. And they sat down and had a great talk. But she still has to go back. She's actually going to do some exploratory things for herself, go back, because she's still, even though she and her dad are close, developing a close relationship now, she still has pain left over from growing up. You have to go back, figure out where does it come from. When we have pain that refuses to go away and we refuse to deal with it, it grows. And in time, it'll cost you everything. Choose trust. I love this one. God can and will work everything out for good. It's what he does. But you have to choose to trust him. For years, I trusted myself. I'll handle this. Remember that time I told you I I lived in that condemned house? I was very alone. And I got up every morning and I said out loud, I made this soulish vow, I am alone and I will take care of myself. I said that every morning out loud. It was like morning prayers. And I had to go back and break that vow. But even though I broke the vow, it was so much a part of my soul patterns that letting somebody into my real life nearly killed me. And since I was so committed to that, my soul patterns, I had such a hard time changing my soul patterns. And I had to go back and go, I actually, I'm only alone because I choose to be. Because I'm too chicken and too gutless to go for it in intimacy with somebody. This morning, I woke up at 3.52. I was pretty bummed. Because <laughs> typically when I wake up, then I go to the bathroom twice, and then I'm awake. And this morning was no different. And all these thoughts start, because, you know, I'm going to figure it out. And I was like, no, I refuse. These thoughts are not going to torment me all morning. I got up and got Bethel worship music, put it on, because your brain will only think about one thing. And I was like, mm-mm. 
No, no. I'm, talk, I'm managing my brain, what I was talking about earlier. Manage your brain. If you stand here and they're leading worship and you don't sing, you're thinking about something else. You're dumb. You are here to worship. You were created for worship. If you can't even do it here, you ain't doing it anywhere else. So open your mouth. It doesn't matter how you sound. We don't care. Nobody's listening to you. Because we're worshiping. Raise your hands. Whoa. That's a paradigm breaker. Why? Because when you raise your hands, it's like a sign of surrender. I give up. Choose trust. Act. It is impossible for the devil to tangibly hold you back from your destiny. The only thing that's going to hold you back is if you agree with him. Which means you got to do all that other practical stuff. Because God can give you, like this morning, I got an amazing revelation. Uh, a prophetic word. I got two of them. And I had somebody pray over me. This morning, I was going to handle things. I think I need to stay home. I'm thinking analytically. I think I need to stay home. I haven't spent much time on my sermon, not near enough time. And then I hear the Holy Spirit goes, I think you need to get in your car and go to upper room, just like you always do. And I was like, oh, okay, I do know that voice, so let me do what my dad said. I got so blown away this morning, and then... The appointment that I thought was going to take the whole afternoon got moved. Did I know that? No. But I heard my dad, and I did what I was told. Guys, until we learn to die to ourselves and stop following our emotions around and stop walking in here for somebody to make our life complete, and you go up to someone and introduce yourself. You know, it kind of made me nervous when Caleb was talking about how what a great experience he had. I go, well, other people don't sometimes. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you, if you're new, it's up to you. Connect. So I just have one more picture for you. And this is everybody. People inherently carry gold. And that's you. I don't care what you've been told. I don't care what shape you are. I don't care what color you are. How curly your hair is, you ain't got none. I don't care. You have gold inside you. You will never know it if you do not stay in community. I watch people come, and they're like, so broken. And my heart really goes out for them in compassion. We'll work for them, with them for a little bit. And then they get offended because somebody's too honest or somebody's stupid or, you know. Someone prays over them and doesn't pray what they wanted to hear or whatever. And, dude, I'm out. I want to go someplace where the Spirit of God's moving. <laughs> awesome. Do that. But stay somewhere. Because if you don't, nobody's ever going to know you well enough to love you. If they can't see your poop, it's, I mean, it's, it's my friends who've seen me at my worst. 
I remember one time I had a failure that was really painful for me. And I was considering some pretty extreme things to do to myself. Uh, not suicide, but some extreme things. And Camille knew about it. And she came and took me. She goes, can I talk to you? And she took me right over here and sat me down on the step and talked to me like I was five years old because I needed it. And it straightened my head out. And I didn't do, what I was thinking about doing would have been so dumb. So dumb. So I just encourage you, sustaining, we actually, I believe, are born to sustain breakthrough. We should live lives where we love truth so much and we've embraced so much truth that you can't tell me anything that's going to hurt my feelings. Because if I need to hear it, I need to hear it. I mean, there's times where people come and talk to me about myself. And, you know, it's like Balaam's donkey. They're the donkey. The King James Version says jackass. But they're the donkey. Why? A lot of times, because I didn't listen to the Holy Spirit, and then he sent an angel, because that's a little easier to see, and I didn't listen to the angel, so he sends a donkey. You don't like who comes up and talks to you about your stuff? Listen the first time. Because if you don't like to listen, God will always send the donkey. And a lot of times, if we're a donkey long enough, you attract what you are. You know? We're made to live in, in breakthrough. We are made to love truth. We're made to literally open our mouths and the enemy is like, oh my gosh, get away from him. Do not tick him off because he's going to call down the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. And when he does, we're all going to die. <laughs> Demons do think like that. Don't think they don't. And they also know if you never sit down and you never talk to God and listen for yourself, they know if you're a scared Christian. And so they're just going to, you know, run up on you with something really try to scare you. And if you don't know who you are, if you can't handle confrontation with stuff you can see, how are you going to handle stuff you can't see? As believers, we have to learn. We have to learn to throw down. Straight up. You bring it up in my yard, I'll help you get it back out of my yard. When I yelled, I didn't mean to scare some of you. That's like a little highlighter. When you're reading a good book, you highlight it. Do I know why that happens? No. Some people get these elaborate prophetic words, and I almost hate them because what I get most of the time is something like that. But we've got to learn to, to do warfare. And it's got to be normal to us. You know, the only time that we really want to learn about healing is when my dad gets cancer. Could everybody pray for my dad? Why do you call everybody else to pray for your dad? Why have you not already prayed for your dad yourself? Develop your faith now. It's time as believers where we stand up. You know, get your shoulders back, get your pecs out, get your guns out. Learn how to fight. 
because you're powerful. All the stuff about millennials being, you know, not so sharp, I disagree with that. You guys think a lot. But I encourage you to think the right thoughts, to know your God, not only to know your word, but to learn to hear his voice. I know people who know the Bible, but they don't know how to use the Bible to create powerful love connections in the world. All they do is use it for judgment. Don't be one of those. Don't put all those statuses on Facebook. If your Facebook status comes off like judgment and like you're the only one who has truth, sign off. Take a break. I'm serious. I'm, I'm literally like, I've unfollowed so many people. The other day I started to defriend three of them. I'm like, and they're believers. It's not the non-believers who bother me. It's those of us who are believers who are speaking word curses, accusations, and downright lies. And throwing things around when we have not researched what the truth is. And paying attention to the news media. If you pay attention to news media, I'm here to tell you, you are ignorant. Straight up. Know your God. Speak for him. And on the other hand, whenever people start all that mess, have character. Silence is agreement. If you'll just like practice just this stuff I'm talking about, you'll have breakthrough. And you may actually figure out a few people you should step back from. We are called to be light. We are called to be salt. We are called to be men and women of God, and you are not too young to stand up and be counted for in the kingdom. I'm telling you, in our country, we are becoming a third world country so far as our ability to think things through. And I believe that there is going to be a move of God in our country. I believe there's going to be a move of God in Sacramento. I'm praying about it. I'm working with other young adult pastors. I'm doing everything I can to see that come about because that's really all I care about. But it's, it's going to take more than just me. And there are many of you who are already doing this. I'm, this is not a come on, be real men and women. It's just press in. Don't become weary. Press in. Don't allow yourself to be intimidated by the, the absolute demand that we be politically correct. Be scripturally correct. And more than scripturally correct, learn how to walk in the power and authority of love. Because when you speak from a place of love, you have an authority and you have power that you will never have any other place. So if our worship band would come up, I just want to encourage you tonight. You know, ask Daddy God, what do you have for me? And go after it. Don't be casual. Every single one of you were born for a reason. And we're all so different. I love this room because there's about every shade, every hair color, every size, everything in the room. This is my kind of crowd. This is Jesus' kind of crowd. I just believe that God's going to do something super powerful in this city, and I want to be a part of it.
So tonight, if we can uh, pray for you, we would love to do that if the prayer team can come up. If you guys want to stand. If there's anything that we can serve you with tonight, we want to do that. Sarah, can you come up? And Nathaniel, can you come up? We love you guys. So let me just pray over you. Tomorrow night's DNA. Riley is an amazing woman. She has a ton of wisdom, for sure. You'll want to hear what she has to say. I listen when she talks. God, I just thank you for every person. If you're here tonight, I break off every lie, word curse, and accusation that's been spoken over your future and your destiny. I break the power of the enemy. I call down the light and fire of the Holy Spirit to burn all harassment and all torment. I speak life over you. I break off every word of death that's been spoken over your life. I speak life and health and abundance and prosperity in every area of your life. And I bless you tonight as a father in the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.